0: The Keys to Life podcast begin with the idea that women need access to sound wisdom, biblical truth and practical keys to be empowered in their daily life. This is an offspring of Life Builder seminars. The Keys to Life podcast is designed to help you transform your life by hearing and knowing the truth so you can walk in greater freedom than you ever thought possible. LifeBuilder Seminars was started by Dr. Kathy Guerrero nearly 25 years ago with a passion for creating a safe place for women to be equipped and empowered for life. As a counselor, pastor, business owner, and grandmother, Dr. Kathy's passion is to build and empower women. We are so excited you are here and
1: can't wait to see what God has in store for you. Good afternoon or morning or evening, whenever it is that you have tuned in. We just welcome you to our Keys for Life uh, broadcast again today. And I'm going to tell you, we have such a tremendous guest today. She's a dear friend of mine and we are going to bring you some keys that will activate a life of excellence if we apply them. So whatever we're doing today, I encourage you to make a decision before we even start that every key that you receive, that you've made a determination to activate it and put it into practice. So here we go. We're going to have a great one today. Our topic is actually the process of maturing. And I'll tell you, isn't growing up hard to do sometimes? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's amazing. Sometimes we think that growing up only applies to those who are young or being trained in their toddler years, but Boy, I'll tell you, sometimes we can get into mature in our chronological development, but our emotional development can sometimes lag behind. So we're gonna bring out some, some areas that we can maybe improve on. And so I know I'm improving. Life is a learning curve, and I'll tell you, going through life, I have so many things to learn. And so come help and join me in this learning curve. So our guest today is Ramalia Evans. And uh, Ramalia, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you before we get started?
2: Sure, so a little bit about me. Um, I currently am the administrator for a nonprofit. Um, And then before that, I also basically leased office space for about 10 years. And so with that, I also got to manage the office space. So I learned to work with a lot of different types of people, um, very different um, industries, a lot of entrepreneurs. So in that, um, I definitely got to mature um, because they didn't always get along and I didn't either. So
1: good times. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, I'll tell you, I've known, how long have I known you, Ramalia, 15 years. 15 years and uh, I, I tell you this is a woman of excellence, a par excellence. That's all I can say. I, I love this woman. I love everything about her and so uh, I learn from her all the time. I'm forever going knocking on her door and asking her her input on lots of things so she's going to be a great 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 blessing for us today. So let's get started into our our dialogue today about the process of maturing. You know, uh, we, we have to stop and think about sometimes, uh, how do we overcome childish responses in that whole process of that? Uh, one of my favorite scriptures, I always go back to a scripture because that's, that's something that will never change. And so it's that uh, that stake in the ground for me. So it tells us in Ephesians 4:15, it says, "Speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in all things unto Him who is the Head, even Christ." And so, uh, if when we when we talk about speaking the truth in love it's not just blurting out when something's wrong, but it's being able to speak the truth and receive the truth. And sometimes we have to speak the truth to ourselves. And that's uh, maybe even a little more difficult because we sometimes want to make up our own truth when it comes to certain things, because it's what we're used to. And so if that's all we know, then it's very difficult sometimes to make that correction and adjustment. But uh, And then again, speaking the truth uh, to others and how do we navigate that so that we're not offensive or make people defensive, but that we can be a support to them in the process of that. So Ramalia, why don't you kind of share with us just some thoughts about speaking the truth in love?
2: Yeah. So when it comes to speaking the truth in love, I think one thing that I've learned to do is really check my own motivation. Um, because honestly, in my immaturity, what I've done is kind of take that, that verse and say, Oh, I'm speaking the truth in love as more like a cover of like, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong and I'm right. Um, (laughs) so, so one thing I've learned to do is kind of like step back before I even go have that conversation and really look like where my heart is and ask the Lord to help me honestly, a lot of times, like forgive, recognize the offense. Um, What is my actual goal for the conversation? Is it? Is it reconciliation? Is it to share the truth in love? Is it to show grace? Or is it to prove that I'm right or to get something from them? And I think in doing that, you know, we I have to go back to just kind of the basics, you know, like, am I, am I considering them first or am I just considering myself? And another thing that I've had to look at too is, is, is it honoring? Um, Because sometimes we can say, oh, I'm speaking the truth in love. And I know for me, really, my goal was to change someone. And if you, if you've ever felt like you disappointed someone or that someone's trying to change you, it's a very dishonoring feeling and it's not fun. And so when I felt that, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I think that's something that I've done to someone. And so learning that, I try not to do that anymore. Um, and I feel like that is a big part of speaking the truth in love is looking at what our motivation is. And then and then out of that really does flow the love and, and truth.
1: Very good. Very good. Well, listen, let me give you a, a quote. I'm going to quote Romalia Evans, as a matter of fact, I've, I've, I've got this quote by her that uh, was used in a teaching oh, some years ago, and I just thought this was so fabulous. But she says, we grow up when we realize that our life is not our own. We grow up when we live our life on purpose to glorify God. Ramalia Evans. There, I've quoted you, my friend, <laughs> <laughs> which is so true. It really is. So, i, I, I kind of want to get into uh, the whole area uh, now about uh, really person res- personal responsibility, mm-hmm. because I think that's that's where we sometimes fall a little short is we want to hold other people accountable but we don't want to hold ourselves accountable for certain things so well that's not fun (laughs) (laughs) you're absolutely right it is not but you know one one point actually is really acknowledging and accepting the fact that we personally are solely responsible for the choices that we make in our own life uh, and, and really uh, are responsible for the way that we feel and the way that we think. And some people just say, well, that's just the way I am. Mm-hmm. Well, is it really just the way I am? Or is it a, is it a, a conglomerate of how we were raised and uh, our own personal opinions rather than really something that's based on truth? And, you know, I love one of my favorite scriptures. Of course, they're all my favorite, but is uh, what Paul says. And he says in 1 Corinthians 13 11, he says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So there we go. That's that's talking about personal responsibility. So when we're young, we, we can get away with those things. Mm-hmm. But as we grow and mature, uh, we really have no right to continue childish behavior. Right. And I tell you, Ramaya, you and I, because you work with the public a lot, and uh, you have to work with teams and staff and all kinds of different things. And it's very interesting how some of the brightest people we know can actually have such a childish response. And they will do it under the guise of, uh, again, their own personality style or their uh, maybe their uh, gender. They can get away with it because of gender, whatever it would be. But uh, we have to say, let's let our, our emotions or our character grow up. Mm -hmm. into maturity so can you can you kind of just touch on that just a little bit maybe from personal experiences no names (laughs) (laughs) um
2: yeah so i think um you know i i think i i think most of us can relate to really being disillusioned sometimes where we we believe that people are mature because um they're really accomplished whether they are an accomplished um in, in the business realm or or whatever that is, and maybe they have a, an outstanding reputation, and then at some point we may get to know them, and then we we see that their the emotional maturity is not there, and um and sometimes what that can look like is a simple conversation that kind of goes awry, and maybe maybe suddenly you're being yelled at by someone that you that you really esteemed, and you you feel like that's not not been is not fair, and so what do you do with that? Um, and so it does happen and, and then within our own selves, you know, there are certain times where we, we get to discover where we can grow in maturity. So when we lash out, um, at times that, that it's not called for or that it's not fair, um, because a part of maturity is definitely self-control. So that needing to, you know, clap back is not, is not really a mature, response. So, um, And then even like, I think we've all seen like over the last couple of years, it's almost become stylish, if you will, to be petty. And it's like fun, we fantasize about having that perfect comeback. But at the end of the day, like, is that really the impact that we want to leave on people? Is that really how we want to live our lives where we're always looking to one up someone or have the last response. And so I feel like as we mature, we're we're open to being more self-aware to the ways that we can um, respond with emotional maturity. And a lot of that, I think, is just taking a pause before we make a choice to respond as opposed to react.
1: Very good. Very good. And you know, that's, that's the whole thing is, is really uh, making those choices to definitely respond and really that reaction button that we have, and people say, well, you pushed my buttons, but my question is, how'd you get the buttons? And the, the, really the, re, the, the responsible thing is to see where buttons are and then dismantle them. Mm-hmm. Deconstruct all those things that have been constructed within your life. Right. And you know, one of those things that we find is that we, we tend to blame other people for the way we act. Yes. But if we want to grow and mature, we have to really accept the fact that we can't blame others for every choice that we've made. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, tells us in Galatians, actually, in the sixth uh, chapter, that it says, for each one will bear his own load. That means it's our responsibility. Mm-hmm. So we can't, we can't roll it off on the next guy, that's for sure.
2: It's, yeah, if I can share about that. I think, um, sure. you know, just over the years having... Um, had the opportunity to be in support groups also participate in counseling it's it, i i laugh at myself because i feel like what the process looks like is you know you discover how your upbringing and your your childhood impacts you today and so like for me there was this childhood there was this um what basically what i did i was like oh well it's all it's all my my parents fault It's all because of the way I was brought up. And so I I would just blame like, well, no wonder I'm a mess, right? But then at a certain point, I was like, okay, so I know I'm a mess and I can blame them, but like now I'm an adult and they're not here and I'm still a mess. So whose fault is it now? Um, And so it's not so much about blaming ourselves, but I do think um, part of maturity is understanding that regardless of, um, or not even regardless of, but even knowing um, that our environment's, especially when we grew up impacted us, but we're still empowered to to make changes now. Like they don't they haven't completely determined our our, our path. So
1: very good, very good. You know, uh, we we all come through that same process of being trained by our parents and the family dynamics and how that impacts us. But as adults we have that uh, the right and the responsibility to come in and really monitor those things. And so, really, if we take preventive steps by structuring our own life with certain elements, uh, then we can change everything. And of course, uh, we can't neglect the fact that God's the one who can change us. Right. We can't really change ourselves, but we can change our choices and our behavior right? because of those choices. And so really when you, you think about preventive steps for structuring your life uh, with, say, time management. Mm-hmm. So we can't blame others for being late all the time. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I can blame traffic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, really. Or I don't know where my keys went. Well, where did you put them? So, you know, we have to learn how to... Uh, really navigate ourselves in better things like that. And then h- h- how about stress management? Mm. You know, oh, well, you made me nervous or you made me angry. Isn't that, a, I mean, that is so, so common. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, why are you giving anybody else that kind of authority over your life? Right. Yeah. And I mean, so those are simple things, but they're huge in our life. Or how about just confronting our own fears? Mm-hmm. Well, it makes me afraid I can't do it. Well, then how are you going to confront that in order to see that you can manage, even when things are difficult, and things do, you know, they'll upset us. But how do we manage that? Or how how about how about a financial management? Mm-hmm. You know, well, you spend all the money. We hear this a lot with couples. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, you're if you, if you're a, a couple and you're married, then you should have joint responsibility for the different things that you do. So you have to you have to find out. Uh, where you can get help, even if you need professional help, go mm-hmm. and get some help so that you can identify these things and work with them. Yeah, you know, Ramal, you had mentioned uh, support groups, and uh, I, I, I'm a, a big advocate for support groups because it's in that uh, that group of a safe place where you can talk about these things is yes. so very, very valuable and viable. Why don't you give us a little bit of a of a background about uh, going to and then also then also directing some of the support groups, what you learned through that.
2: Um, So I was blessed because I never directed the support groups. I just am friends with the person who was the director. So I got to glean from her <laughs> good times. Um, But being in a support group um, was very helpful. I went honestly out of desperation because at that point in time, I wasn't um, I wasn't willing to forgive, um, particularly my mom. And so, and so it just so happened that as I went to support groups, she passed away. And so I was able to work through all of that with the help of others. And I think one of the biggest things that I found out in support groups is that being able to discuss, um, anything and everything with other people, um, even hearing someone else's stories, it reminded me of things that I had, completely blocked out and things that needed to be healed. And so I really felt like the Lord used those to, to, to bring about, um, definitely a measure of healing. Um, and it's just like the word says that iron sharpens iron. Um, so it does, it helps to be in a community of people.
1: community is so powerful, so powerful. You know, I am sure that there's a few of our, our listeners that, uh, really don't feel safe enough to be transparent in a community mm-hmm. uh, but uh, if you can find a good support group that has a covenant responsibility amongst all of you that you will not share outside that group, then you can begin to open up a little bit and if you can't do it within a support group you can you can get a a counselor. You can maybe go to your own church community and talk to right. somebody maybe, maybe that's within that connect or even go outside and find a, a professional therapist that can give you that place where you can actually begin to dialogue about these things that maybe you're not aware of but you're seeing the fruit of it. Right. So when we talk about the fruit of something, we're talking about the, the product or the outgrowth of something. And that always comes from a root issue. Mm -hmm. And so finding out where that comes from, again, then you can dismantle those things. And God can take you down to that place or back to that place and heal it. Right. So that now we can grow. Instead of growing twisted, we can grow upright and we can grow straight. So that's wonderful.
2: Yeah. And I I feel like the other thing that with that... um, as we're going through that process of of really opening ourselves up to be more transparent, to get help, um, is understanding that it's not a quick fix. Like there is no quick fix um, for emotional health or emotional maturity. Um, and the benefit of that, though, is that we can give ourselves permission and time to, and not expect ourselves to be healed overnight. And so maybe that maybe it is hard for for. I know like it was hard for me to be transparent in my first support group so i actually ended up doing eight different support groups over the course of 10 years and so each one it was it was progressive so um all that to say like it's great when we can give ourselves the time to heal and not feel so pressured to learn how to do everything in in one group
1: oh that's so good i love that give yourself permission you know that's so vitally important because if you don't give yourself permission, nobody else can do that for you. Again, that's the personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. And you know another thing that we have to do is we have to really uh, recognize that we ourselves is our own best cheerleader. We we can't be. Uh, uh, relying on somebody else to always be that person that says, attaboy, good job, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, We depend on other people, uh, but we have to really uh, feel good about who we are personally. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, because we're all on a learning curve, we progressively, day by day, can become better. We can become stronger. We can be more confident in the things that we are uh, learning mm-hmm. but it does take time and we have to give ourselves uh, permission to maybe not get it done as fast as maybe our friend or our neighbor is getting it done but you know what i I, I love this this statement everybody can improve one percent a day mm-hmm. just think how easy that is one percent just think of something you've been working on and only one percent. Can you do that every day? Yes, you can. But at the end of a year, if you total that up, you've improved 365%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just one step at a time. Yeah. But be consistent in that, and we can do that. So, Ramalia, can, can you share with us what it's like uh, to take an honest inventory of, huh. of ourselves can, and our I. strengths, our abilities, <laughs> our 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 talents, our spiritual and emotional maturity. How how do we do that? How do we do that? Um,
2: I th- well, one is I think in listening to help of others sometimes um, is good because we can perceive ourselves one way, but uh, um, you know our our parents, our family, our husband, um, friends, like they can give us a more objective um view so that's helpful (laughs) um but i laugh because i think for some of us like who maybe overthink or just harsh on ourselves it can be probably more painful than it needs to be um but in terms of how to take an inventory i i think that's really remaining in a place of being self-aware and and by self-aware i think for me it's i take a good amount of time to listen to what's coming out of my mouth, Um, and also listening to like my internal thoughts, because that's how I know where I really am. So I can, you know, I can go through the motions. But at the end of the day, if I hear bitterness coming out of my mouth, or if I hear things that sound really harsh or cold, I'm like, okay, something is off. um, And there's something wrong. So like, how can I how can I do that? Um, But the other thing I think about too, is it's not, it's not all negative. Like we have to celebrate the great things about ourselves and the things that the Lord has placed on the inside of us and who he's made us to be. You know, like I love, um, in James, you know, it says that, um, it talks about in James and Corinthians, it talks about the word of God. Well, James says that the word of God is like a mirror. And then in Corinthians, it talks about the presence of God and the glory of God being a mirror. So it's like, when we look at the word of God, when we're in God's presence, we can see ourselves, um, in his image and so sometimes we can get or I know I can get so focused on everything that's not like God that I don't see the things that are like him so like for me patience severely lacking okay (laughs) Um, but the part of me that is like God is I know that I'm a very faithful person so I can celebrate the faithfulness and then understand that I need to work on the patience and really allow the, the Holy Spirit to do that work
1: that's great. That's great. I love that. And you know the the thing is too that that sometimes because of that internal dialogue mm-hmm. we can act okay on the outside so maybe other people might not notice it but we know what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're very ruthless with ourselves. Yes. And we can be downright cruel. That's why it tells us in Ephesians what we just started with in the beginning that we're supposed to speak the truth in love that we may grow up in all things. Mm-hmm. So if we're we're putting ourselves down and we're we're belittling ourselves, how how can we grow through that? Right. So we have to uh, again do just what Ramalia said. That's great, great, great advice. So thank you, Romalia. I'm so glad you were here today. I so value you and appreciate everything that uh, that you do. But most of all, I appreciate who you are. So thanks, Ramalia. Well, we're going to go ahead and say goodbye for now. Thank you for tuning in. And I really, really encourage you to listen to this again and take note of those keys that you can apply for yourself. And we will see you soon. Thank you. God bless y'all. Bye-bye. <music>
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Keys to Life podcast. If this episode inspired you, we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. We want to hear all about how God is speaking to you directly. Another way to show your support would be to screenshot, post, and tag us at Life Builder Seminars. Find us on Instagram and Facebook. We are so excited to continue this journey with you. Until next time, may these keys unlock your freedom and transformation.